Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Imprint Podcast. Today, we're here with Carmen Hardaway from Reebok. Hey, Carmen, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for fitting me in. I know you're a very busy woman, and we're finally here. We are here, and I am very, very excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay, first of all, tell everybody who you are and what you do. My name is Carmen Andrade Hardaway, and I work at Reebok, and my current uh, role is the Director of Human Rights Now. Just so you know. For everyone. <laughs> For everyone, Sinead's wearing an amazing, an amazing hoodie from our uh, most recent collection. It looks very yeah. great on you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's... Let's now look at your career journey. How did you start and where did you get to today? My goodness, I use this. So I use this a lot. I tell everyone that I started when I was 10 because now I've been here 22 years. So (laughs) I couldn't have possibly been older than that. Um, But no, I started 22 years ago. Um, Mark, no, I'm sorry. We're We're in 2021. This is what happens when you work (laughs) <laughs> when you're building collections for future seasons, you forget what year you're actually right. in right now. So I've been with Rand 21 years, uh, right. Mark 21 years in July, July of this year, Mark 21 years. Congratulations. Um, thank you. It's, it happened. It feels like forever, but it also feels like in the blink of an eye, which is, which is crazy. So I've seen so many things happen. So many people, amazing people come and go and just changes in the industry. Um, as well so it's it's been a journey great wait I was supposed to be answering something what was your actual you were. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you went you got into the industry you've been in the industry for 22 years how did your journey begin yeah so interestingly enough I was still in college when I when I started and in college I was just sort of doing any job that I could really fit into my schedule that worked around sort of my studies. And I had the opportunity to come to Reebok on a temporary basis. Um, Temporary of a month turned into 21 years. So (laughs) that that worked out. Um, And I was in school at the time for public, public relations. And I was fortunate enough to get an internship at Reebok in the public relation on the public relations team. Okay. And I also I always say I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity because I learned a ton, you know, as working for a global organization on the public relations team. You you see a lot, you learn a lot, but I'm also thankful for it because that's when I realized although I'm going to school for PR, I don't want to do PR. <laughs> this is just not not what I want to do. Um, so I did end up getting my degree um, in communications with a minor uh, in PR. So still, still learned a lot, still get to use what I learned, but on a slightly different, uh, different way. So that month turned into 21 years. And with Reebok, it's been, um, it's been a journey. My whole career has been with this brand. My whole professional career has been with this brand. So I like to say I grew up with Reebok. Um, in a number of different of different capacities. So back when my first official role was customer service when we had the licensing for Ralph Lauren footwear. So I did that for a couple of years. And then that turned into, um, right after that was really when I started doing actual product. So 
back at, back in the day when we called it RBK Entertainment. <laughs> and that's when I first started my journey actually building footwear um, as a coordinator. So really getting the foundation of what it means to be in the footwear industry, but in a really um, interesting and fun team, because that's where at the time it was, you know, the likes of, of Jay-Z, 50 Cent, Pharrell, Lupe Fiasco, Mike Jones, Daddy Yankee, Nelly, like all of these these um, celebrities that, you know, I had obviously had heard of and liked and listened to, but now to be closer to them and working on their, their product was just, you know, something growing up I never thought I'd, I'd be even remotely involved in. So that started my footwear journey and I've been on it um, ever since. So that was 2005, 2006. And I've had multiple roles within footwear um, at Reebok, but it's always been, um, I, say I have multiple roles, but they've always been in footwear. So from RBK Entertainment to Reebok Classics, to Reebok Kids, to the head of streetwear collaborations and now Human Rights Now. It's been, it's been quite a journey, but I've learned a ton along the way. See, even from that, I've learned a lot. And that's not even gone through half my questions. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, it's dedication and commitment, especially staying with the brand for so long as well. It, you know, it really is. And, um, you know, going into it, you never think you're, you're going to be there that long. Yeah. But when I, when I think about Reebok and I think about the legacy that it had, that it has, and it has, if you look at many of the footwear brands, there's not a ton that are, that are global brands that have, and I'll steal this from my husband who also works at Reebok, who's been there 30 years. He always says that Reebok is a brand with a soul, with a heritage, with a legacy that, you know, can, you know, dates back all the way to, you know, to the spikes back in 1895. So it's, I always felt like, or I feel like there's always, um, there's always more to do. There's always more to, sort of discover and retell stories and tell new stories all but while pulling um pulling from your heritage pulling from you know where you where you've been and why it matters and why it matters that Reebok is in this space absolutely yeah wow okay so I'm gonna still ask you ask you my questions even though you oh, go ahead let's go <laughs> So can you tell me what the head of Reebok collaboration does overall on a day-to-day? -day? Yeah, so the collaboration, many of the collaborations come from the fashion team, which that's where I sat for, um, right before this role, I sat on that team for, let's say a little over two years. And going into it, I had worked on collaborations before, you know, from when I first started and then, you know, here and there would work on different collaborations, but the beauty of this team is that this is, this is what they do and this is what they're tasked to do. So at the time it was, it was split up into sort of two categories of collaborations. You have like your, your runway collabs, which is more of the Margiela's, Victoria Beckham's of the world. And then you had your more of your streetwear um, partners, which most recently you would have seen things like Jound and Palace and BBC or pleasures. Um, so what I did was 
although I was the head of that team, I can't take a lot of the credit for what comes out. Uh, we have a tremendous team that works on those collaborations, namely Leo Gamboa, who goes out and has an amazing network and is able to really identify the partners that we're looking um, to go after to, that really makes sense, number one, for us to be partnering with, and then figuring out what models or what different styles um, you know, that would make sense for them for them to work on. So I like to call myself air traffic control, you know, when it when it comes to streetwear collaborations. I'm I was more behind the scenes and really supporting the team, helping to set the strategy, helping to um, remove roadblocks and really, really setting sort of the path on where we needed to be in terms of how many collaborations, when we were going to do them, why it made sense, why some did not make sense, what we've learned from them. Um, so yeah, really, really fun area and a really great team that, that works on them. Shout out to the team. Woo! Shout out to the team. I always shout out to the team because they're the ones that are, you know, really putting in a lot, a lot of hard work. And I have to say, I've worked with a lot of different people, a lot of different collaborators in the Reebok fashion team right now. There are some really, really talented individuals on that on that team that I have to give a shout out to because they're they're really amazing. And so you have, so that's great. Boom, done. As you mentioned, you've worked on projects such as Alicia Keys, 50 Cent, Jay-Z, Lupe, and the rest of them. Which is your most rememberable one? There are so many. more than one, by the way. You can have yeah, <laughs> there are so many. And I thought about this one. So I'm like, okay, which one am I going to, uh, to pull? But I'll have to say, because I worked very closely with her, it was Alicia Keys. Amazing person, by the way. Yeah. Um, so we were working on her line and as you can imagine, very, very busy person, mm -hmm. like getting time with her was next to impossible, but you know, it was a collaboration. So we weren't doing anything without her or her sign off or her involvement or her input. So I'm in touch with her team often. And I'm like, look, I, I can't release this collection until I have time with her. They're like, well, She's on tour. She's doing all these different things. Like, we don't know how it's going to happen. And I'm like, okay, this can't be a video call because I actually I need to be with her and show her things. Yeah. So he goes, okay, well, let me, let me work on a couple of things and I'll call you back. I'm in Boston. She's yeah. in New York. So he calls me back and he's like, I have an idea. He goes, Alicia has, is performing in Boston. Say it was on a Thursday. Right. He goes, can you take a one-way train to New York on Wednesday and then get on the, her tour bus with her and you can have the meeting on the tour bus on the way to Boston on Thursday. That's my So <laughs> get on the bus and I'm someone who gets super nauseous and motion sick when it comes to buses, trains, planes, anything. Okay. So here I am on the bus with myself, a designer, and we're going through material swatches and styles and colors and all these different things. And Alicia's like super into it. And I'm, and I'm just staring at her. My face is pale at this point because I am literally about to hurl all over everything we have. But luckily I kept it together. 
Um, <laughs> four hours all the way home in, to Boston while um, while we figured that out. But it just goes to show you do what you got to do and you fake it till you make it because I was seriously about to get sick right in front of her. <laughs> well, at least at least that didn't happen. And, you know, no relationships with, you know, how they said. Yes. Yes. But she was um, she was really amazing. But there's you know, there have been so many I mean, I can tell you about the first time I met Beyonce and it was at a launch for one of Jay-Z's new sneakers that we had at the 4040 Club in New York. And she walks in, I think she was still with Destiny, maybe still with Destiny's Child at the time. But it was one of my first like starstruck moments when when she walked in the room. But um, it's just, there's there's been so many and I've been really blessed to be part of part of some really, really awesome collaborations and partnerships. See, there you go. That's just amazing. Yeah. Borderline sickness and you still made it. We did. I mean, hats off to you there. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson. Now I constantly have Dramamine motion sickness on me every, every, every turn when I think I need it. There you go. See, you're now prepared. That mm -hmm. is, that's what we need. Preparation. <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned in your FFF, about the challenges you face being the only woman at the table as well as a woman of color at the table. Can you share with us one of or some experiences about that? Yeah, it's, um, this is a loaded one because I can go in different sort of different avenues with it. But, so when I started with Reebok, I was really young and really um, not as, I would say outspoken as I am now, because anybody who knows me now will tell you I have no problem saying what I need to say, saying okay. what I need to say. <laughs> um, but it was super challenging. Number one, being young and being like, is it okay to say this? I'm, you know, does my opinion really matter? I'm sitting here with people that have been with this in, in the industry and with this organization for years. You know, what can I say and what can't I say? But then, you know, you get more comfortable. And then when you do start sort of speaking up a little bit, you know, you're sort of testing the waters. I ran into, I ran into roadblocks, you know, I'll be honest. And I'm very, I'm very vocal about this, even in the workplace. I, there were people that basically told me I couldn't. There were people that told me, oh, you're not as, you're not as good as you think you are. Or, you know, we're gonna have you work on this collection because of your cultural background. And when I think back on those experiences, it fuels me even more. You know, although they happened a long time ago, it stays with you. Yeah. It stays with you, it pushes you. And um, it's, it's those sort of pivotal moments in your career that you'll never forget. And it's like, just be, and because you told me I can't, now I'm going to show you that I, and, I yeah. now now I've done, and I continue to do, because I think about I think about people of color. I think about women coming up, women, men, people of color coming up behind me, and I want I always strive to be someone that keeps that door open. That is an example of yeah. You can, and you're going to run into roadblocks. You're going to run into people that don't believe in you. And you're going to run into people that tell you you can't. 
but you turn around and show them you can. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an industry that's, I mean, it's, I've seen change, not enough, but I've seen change over the, especially over the last couple of years. I yeah. wouldn't say many years. I, I would say maybe the last couple of years. Um, it's a very, the sneaker industry or the athletic industry is a very white male dominated industry. It just is. Yeah. Um, and their voices are the loudest and their voices are the ones that, you know, that are, that are listened to and that are out there. So a lot of, in addition to my job, I get paid for <laughs> at Reebok. I'm also um, the ERG co-chair uh, for the people of color at Reebok. And what's one thing I, I do there is I advocate, you know, we have a whole United Against Racism plan that we launched last year at Reebok. And it's something I was heavily involved in and ensuring that we were doing and saying the right things, but making sure we're holding ourselves accountable and doing the things we say we're going to do when it comes to um, just equity. So with that, is there a plan for the coming year moving forward? For Reebok? And for yeah, the initiative, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, we launched our UAR, so it's United Against Racism, sort of I'll call them commitments that we launched last year. And there's five pillars, I want to say, underneath it. So it's hiring, retention, hiring of people of color, yeah. particularly Black and Latinx. And within that also is retention and ensuring you're fostering the talent that you do your existing talent. Um, so that's one pillar of it. We actually we have another, pil another pillar that's um, sort of change management and that's having to do with our culture and how we behave, how we speak, what we do and don't say, what's, what's um, getting people to understand what's offensive, who is the decider of that offense. You know, it's, it's the person that was offended. It's not you telling me that you didn't offend me. I'm telling you that you did. Um, so it's different. Um, it's different pillars within that. And the one that I focus on, which is now turned into my full-time role, is um, human rights now. And I don't know if you want to start talking about that's, that's the next right point that we're coming up to Carmen. <laughs> don't you worry, but glad you're on board. <laughs> if you're ready to talk about that, I'm always, I'm always yep, ready. Absolutely. So that's, you know, we're, we're here, especially to bring more awareness to the project that launched back this yeah. year, which um, as I've spoken to you, Erin and Hannah, it's been an amazing project. And I watched it live. I wish I could have been there in person. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. I think I cried three times watching it at different points. I mean, I mean, you all did an amazing job. I mean, I, I'm still with all the guest speakers that you had. I was just posting yeah. and posting. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, shout out to Erin um, Narlock who headed up the team. I mean, there was a there was a team obviously that that helped, but Erin really steered the ship in, um, in sort of relaunching our human rights now awards and it was um so it launched august 12th so a little over a month ago now where we highlighted three three change makers who are really making a difference in the in the world of um sort of social social and racial justice um 
you know, they're three amazing people under 30 years old who are really making a difference. So shout out to Erin and team and our three winners. Woo! <laughs> now, because you brought this back in 2021 and you created this new line, again, repping, repping the hoodie. You are repping it. <laughs> I'm repping it. What was the inspiration by creating this collection? Right. So if you, um, so for those that know, or I'll just do a little refresh. So we launched the Human Rights Now Award back in 1988. And that year, Reebok was a major sponsor of the Human Rights Now World Tour. So there was concert merch that was part of that tour. Um, so what we, we thought it was very fitting for the first Human Rights Now collection that we took inspiration from, you know, I've, I've talked about our roots, our heritage, our authenticity in the space, is really taking inspiration from that tour merchandise. So what you're, what you're wearing right now, <laughs> if you look at the Human Rights Now sort of logo, that's one-to-one -one what, we, what we launched for the, for the tour merchandise. So even though it's a collection from 1988, the message is still very relevant for today. I mean, Human Rights Now will always be relevant, but what we'll do sort of season, and I'm, I'm sort of jumping everywhere right now, but you are. <laughs> I am, but this is, how I, this is how I get when I start talking about it. Um, we'll always have a sort of a, a Human Rights Now message to it. It might take different sort of different avenues. But the important thing that we did for this first collection is that we took inspiration from, from our, our heritage and really um, sort of reintroduced it at the same time as the award and then introducing the collection, the, the product capsule. Yeah. Did I answer that question? See, this is, this is how I go. I just start talking. <laughs> you certainly did come, but don't <laughs> worry, it's fine. Everybody, that's the Human Rights Award. <laughs> Noted. Okay, so now, what advice would you give to an aspiring young person entering into the industry today? So many things. <laughs> I would say, I would say number one is really ex exploring the industry and that it's possible. And when I say that because growing up, I liked sneakers. I wear sneakers all the time. I can tell you my first memory, this comes for full circle. My first memory is wanting the all white classic leather. That's, that's what you had to have yeah. if you wanted to be cool back in 19. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I will say is do your research because although you may like sneakers, you're like, okay, well, I'm not a designer. I'm not, you know, I know I like sneakers, but I don't, I don't know what to do, you know, in an industry like this. If you're passionate about it, there are so many different avenues within the athletic industry where you can, where you can um, really start shaping your career, whether that be finance, whether that be strategy, whether it be working with our different global markets and ensuring that they have what they need, whether it's merchandising. I mean, it could be, it could be HR but you're still being exposed to um, an industry that you know, you're passionate about, you're, in, you're interested in. And working within these organizations, there are so 
many different avenues to go down because even though I've always worked in footwear, I work cross-functionally with so many other teams that I'm, you know, I'm constantly, constantly learning. So I would say, number one, if you're trying to get into the industry is, I mean, there's, I wish we had all this when I was younger, but like there's social media there, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, you can, you can reach out to different people. I'm putting it out there right now. Anybody wants to know about the four-way industry, hit me up. Hit her up, <laughs> yo, hit her up. Carmen <laughs> <laughs> Andrade Hardaway. Um, but yeah, I would say network, network and do your research. Cause they're, the more I reach out, the more I learn that there's always someone out there who's willing to listen and willing to help and, um, you know, help you along your way. But I would also say is that for someone just coming into the industry, particularly people of color, don't let anyone tell you you can't because you can and you will. Absolutely. So there is one last question coming. Oh boy. How are we on our last question already? Let's and, go. And I know, I know. It's been a great and emotional journey that I've experienced <laughs> with you today. Um, but it's it's not it's not you know an industry one, it's just a fun fact about you. So tell oh, us boy. one fun fact. One. I mean, okay. again, if you've got several, go ahead with them. No, no, I'll stick one to one. Enough. I'll stick. I'll stick to one. Um, so I talked about, it is sort of career related. Okay. When I talked about coming to Reebok while I was still in school and I, when I said I was only supposed to be there for a month, I didn't tell you what it was supposed to be doing. Okay. Yes, this is true. And I love to tell this story. Um, although I, you know, I, I obtained an internship while I was there. I came in as a telephone operator. No way. Yeah, way. So if you were to call Reebok, I was the person on the other end saying, thank you for calling Reebok. How may I help you? <laughs> and I would click you in to whoever you needed to speak to. And I would sit there, write my papers. It was, it was great. But I love to tell that story because you never know, no matter how, how much you think it doesn't matter or this is just for now, you never know what an opportunity can lead into. I like to I like to always just share that fact. Well, that is a very interesting fact indeed. And thank you for sharing that with us today. No problem. Carmen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Oh, I had a, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for speaking to everybody and sharing your experience. Of course. I'll speak to you real soon. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>